And hello everyone, welcome to the Non-Intuitive Beats podcast episode. Who knows the number? I don't. And it's brought to you by the Leaders Club that you're part two if you're listening to us, but do consider elevating your club membership by joining Discord channel, which is starting last episode actually uh, in the show notes. It, uh, it, yeah, we forgot to put it for the several episodes. And today with me in this virtual studio, Dmitry Mananikov, say hi to the people. Hello. And as usually most annoying voice, that is my voice. Slava Kowalewski is here. Ooh, and, and Dim already showing, already showing. Tell us, tell us, what do you show? I, I, I don't have a luxury yeah, to... For people who don't really watch us and listen, uh, macOS released funny feature, which I think is pretty useless in most cases. But now you can show different signs with the hands and it adds effects to your video, um, which is interesting because it works everywhere. That's um, in addition to this, they actually released something useful. It's uh, improvement to camera. You can uh, turn on like better lights. Uh, what else? Oh, you can also blur background, which is useful. I mean, in the apps like Zoom, you already have it, but if you use any other tool, it's nice to to have it like system wide. Yeah, that's not uh, that's pretty much <laughs> best part of a new the new new macOS. I think everything else not that interesting. Really? What else is there? I, I honestly um, do not remember. Actually, okay, so I actually can go over like widgets. Um, I I wasn't sure I need widgets. I mean, like on a, I live without them for a long time. But there are a couple of interesting things. For example, calendar widget. You can put mm-hmm. it and like with the next things. I mean, I usually keep my calendar open, but it's nice to have something small when I don't need like a big window. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I don't know what, like, it's not many updates. It's, like, pretty minor update. I never really, like, get into change logs. I don't think there are, like, any notable. There, they added, like, live wallpapers, which are or live backgrounds, which looks pretty good. But that's that's about it. Got it, got it, got it. To be fair, this is a widget hub. I always wanted them to work. Finally, they work properly. And I do like how they did it with the camera. It's amazing. They're effectively just updating the stream directly. And it doesn't matter if you're using embed- embedded camera or just external cameras. It just works. There is something to it. I, I, I like it. I like it. The tricky part, it only works on M1, M2 Max, not on an Intel. So uh, not everyone will get this feature. Why, why, why tricky? Do you think anyone's still using Intel-based Mac? <laughs> it's me. Only my work. Ah. <laughs> I still have old laptop. <laughs> yeah, but but you, you you know even even for you 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 just bought your personal. You have M1 there. By the way, do you have any M2 in your household already? Mm, I have um, my my wife has a M2 MacBook Air, mm-hmm. and I think it's actually best MacBook ever. Like really, if I wouldn't need like a lot of memory for game development, I would just buy macbook air it's like perfect laptop ever i mean probably there will be better but so far i haven't seen it's like lightweight it it can last like for two days if you just like use it time to time it's like super like quiet because there's no no cooling anything really really good machine you know, I still think that the best MacBook with M2 ever is iPhone 15 Pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this A17 is just, it's just literally M2 that they cut out some part of functionality out of it. But this is actually M2 right there, which is crazy. And it shows, it's it's overheats constantly, all the fun part of taking desktop CPU and putting it in the, in the phone. Yeah, anyway, um, okay, so I actually, I've been drinking, and, <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I'm sh- sharing, I will just sharing that I uh, wasn't able to, you know, enjoy the nice drinks for the last several episodes, and the reason I have a problem, there is no, no, no nothing new, there is no news, I'm just sharing my personal experience that I went through and still and still going through. So I managed to damage a finger on my left foot, a uh, big finger, and uh, that started like, you know, a small inflammation, uh, slowly spread to the leg, and uh, 
Uh, even though I was proactive, I went to a doctor, they helped me to get rid of the inflammation of the finger, but by the time they get rid of that and help me to get rid of that, it's actually spread whatever was inside the bacteria, spread for the whole foods, and I didn't have any, any opportunity to normally walk. It was extremely painful. And uh, so obviously they give antibiotics. They take the probe of what is inside, what is going on. They take antibiotics. It was uh, two weeks, 14 days that they had to, to take them. And um, it was painful. Finally, I'm over on the cycle. But the worst part that even though uh, the actual thing went away for 80% looks like it's damaged something either joints and the leg or something on my foot and uh, I still cannot walk properly I need to go to now a special food doctor to see what's going on there and what to do next uh, but yeah it's, it's, it's a fun experience uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound like fun but I really hope you will get better sooner eventually eventually Just question mm -hmm. you drink wine is yes. it wine from Sonoma <laughs> uh, I think so, actually. I almost all my Cabernet Sauvignon are from either Sonoma or that surrounding county. So, actually, might be. What do you drink, my friend? Mm, it actually is some whiskey. Mm, uh, it's um, what I like. It's one that they keep in a port wine um, barrels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it has like a sweet wine uh, smell and taste. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, man, I will be drinking whiskey tonight, for sure, 100%. I've been waiting. I have like three or four bottles of, of amazing whiskey just waiting to be to be drank. And uh, yes, yes. Uh, you know, before going to, uh, to your first topic, uh, do you mind if I will just inject one fun thing that I recently Most have please. discovered? It will be small things. So I recently discovered, uh, actually my wife, Ivana, she discovered, she discovered an ad from the Google and they tried to sell her uh, Google, Google Pixel phone. And they have this ad that is almost passive aggressive, almost passive aggressive. <laughs> so the ad effectively shows you background and it shows the running list of, of text. So it's almost like, you know, a Star Wars style where you have tons of the text okay. that you have to read. And the text effectively slowly shows you, you're using Google Photos, using Gmail, using Chrome, you're using Google Docs, <laughs> you're using Spreadsheet, uh, and then like a huge pause but you don't use Pixel phone. <laughs> and we get it. You probably want to stick to the brand you know. <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. That's the whole ad. <laughs> we get it. It's like the end of the ad. That's an interesting way. You know, like when you start like iterating, I, I realized I don't use Google that much these days. I think probably I have a Gmail, but mostly as a like you know like server inbox because I don't mm -hmm. use their interface anymore. And I still use Google Search because I mean when I need to search something I go there. Um, but since like ChatGPT, my searches actually went mostly for like okay I know website but I don't remember how to spell it, so I just go to Google. Um, and I also consider to to use to try. Uh, mm -hmm. KG or Kagi, I don't know how to pronounce, like kagi.com. It's actually paid search. People are pretty happy. I'm not sure I'm ready to pay, but I, I want to like live with it like for a while. Interesting. But other mm -hmm. things from Google I don't really use anymore, which is very strange, considering that I was using almost all the services before. You know, uh, by the way, uh, I have the same pattern. Uh, ChatGPT have replaced search for me almost entirely. And I want to emphasize that they actually brought back internet access for ChatGPT+. It's amazing. I, I Bing is different. I don't oh, know yes. why. Mm -hmm. Is it like when they insert links? I just realized yesterday because I was asking ChatGPT something that actually give me links to, to websites. Uh, it is uh, giving links is probably different because first of all, okay. are you a paid subscriber? Yes. Okay, so you have to enable it explicitly. You know, when creating new chat, in mm -hmm. the options that it give you extensions, uh, code interpreter, they they brought back internet access. So you need to explicitly ch uh, pick that option that oh, says I internet see. access, and it. 
And since you already work with extensions, since you already paid subscriber, the way how it work under the hood from the UI perspective, clearly they have uh, they just give access to ChatGPT to in-house made extension to access the internet. Mm. And you can see it will showing you, oh, I'm now searching blah, clicking blah, reading blah, and doing the, a lot of interaction there. So it's amazing. It's it's amazing. I, I don't know why, because clearly you can go to Bing, and in theory you will get GPT-4 with internet. It's just different. It's such so much better. ChatGPT Plus is so much better with internet access than anything I have tried, BART or or... or or being uh, yeah just throw it out there give it a try it's, it's just amazing okay i'll try um chat gpt internet let me just open something because there is a huge announcement two days ago about that uh and then interesting how big of a splash they did because chat gpt used to have that they disabled it due to concerns with something i i think the concern was that um they were able looks like they have access in the backend to some paywalled materials. So now, since you have a chat GPT, you technically can reverse engineer a prompt in the way that will give you the site that should be paywalled just to you without any 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 pay. Uh, but yeah, that's, that I think was the reason. Okay, my friend, you have a topic that you added to the agenda. Let me start adding it in the screen. And tell me, tell me more. What the hell is Godot? Um, it's actually pronounced Godot or something. Godot. Like that. I think it's a French, maybe. <laughs> but, okay. um, you probably missed it, and maybe people who are not into game there for even games. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, what's happening? What was happened? Unity game engine. Mm -hmm. They decided to uh -huh. change their payment policy, and there are a lot of changes. But most important was uh, they wanted to charge per install. So like if user installs game multiple times, you need to pay 20 cents or something. And they wanted to do it retroactively. So whoever already released games like a few years ago still get into this, this situation. It, it's it's guided a lot of like, you know, like a shit storm on the internet. <laughs> Everyone creating videos, discussing. It's like was, uh, if it was a black, uh, black PR company, it was very successful. You know, like everyone were talking about it. Mm -hmm. After like a couple of weeks of the shitstorms, they actually roll out back most of um, these policies and actually made pretty reasonable ones. Like, you, you still need to pay some percent of your game, but only when you're already making like huge amount of money. Like, uh, it's like 200,000, so even 1 million, something like this. But in the meantime, obviously, people like there was a lot of uh, fuss about, okay, we're we going from Unity to X, where X, some other engine or something. Uh, by the way, do you mind if I will add before you jump to Godot about that specific angle of Unity? Mm -hmm. the, the words explicitly pissed people out. Like the, 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 the very thing is that they were retroactive. Mm -hmm. So they told that we're not going to charge, start charging you uh, if you will have two millions download from today. We will charge you retroactively from the past thing if you had some amount of charges. That's what pissed people out. Uh, that, I think, was a horrible dick move. And by the way, they also apologize. It's a feeling that's, that they have a PM from Eastern Europe that, you know, you're first showing a horrible deal. And then when everyone's yeah, screaming at you, you're yeah. showing the deal that you actually actually want. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like a tactic from many companies. Like, remember uh, JetBrains? They, okay, we're adding these subscriptions and people are angry and then they tune it. Um, yep. But one of the engines that people were like, like, Pretends they Exodus, I don't know. Uh, probably mm -hmm. people who are making game in Unity don't just switch. But it's something to try. It's like uh, Gadot is another engine. The interesting part, it's one of the engines which is completely open source. Mm -hmm. uh, you like, I think it's MIT license. You can open code on a GitHub. Um, it's like contributed by people, so you can go in. because one thing with Unity, you couldn't really take a look at uh, source code if mm -hmm. you have a bug, and you can't really contribute to it. For example, Unreal has a model where you can see open source code, but you can't really modify it without paying them or something. I see, I see, I see. Okay. Um, so I decided also to try Gadot because I wanted to try it for a long time, but never get enough like reasons because I already invest invested some like time in knowing Unity. Mm -hmm. And actually pretty, pretty fun. It's lightweight. Um, it also doesn't have uh, this problem with Unity. You know, like software 
complex software tends to get bloated and you always have like five ways to do things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as an engineer, you just stuck with this. Okay, which one should I choose? So I should make a quick, week long research, which way is better? Like, uh, is it uh, functional programming, object-oriented programming? Mm -hmm. But Godot is like super simple. We have only this functionality. You do it one way and that's how you proceed. And one thing, yeah, you have a... Yeah, yeah, I wanted to ask, but how, so in Unity, the problem that uh, leads to that is just the open ecosystem and tons of the plugins and extensions. So yes, you will have 15 extensions to do the same thing, but this is the whole idea of having marketplace. So oh, no, I'm not talking about marketplace, like the core ah. engine of Unity has has a Got two it. different renderers. Uh, and when you search for extensions, you need to explicitly check which one is actually support which. Uh, you need to have like a couple of ways to do things like one is object oriented another one is uh, like data oriented like, they completely separate stacks mm -hmm. and like on every step you have like tons of different things to do like oh you want input system there are two of them and mm -hmm. some plugins support one some another Gadot <laughs> um, is much simpler um, what's interesting they have their own language called GDScript uh, technically it also supports C Sharp and they have a system to support any other language in the future Mm -hmm. um, what's interesting in GDScript is something that I was thinking about, like there are concepts that specifically to this engine or to game. So you can see like example, right? In examples, there is like a top level functions defined. It's very similar to Python. Oh yeah. Yep. But the whole file is represent one class. You just mm. don't need like extra nesting because it's always one file, one class. And it's such a like simple idea, which I really like. Uh, and it's very tight um, to uh, in-game entity called Node, and I really like the simplicity. Like, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Python-style indentation, but for game scripts, works very well. Um, and I was afraid that I didn't like it much, but it it works well and uh, supported well. I already tried a couple of features. I actually made a video on YouTube yesterday where I implemented magnifying glass effect that I did in Unity, and I tried <clears throat> to make the same in Godot. Um, and in Godot, it was like uh, five lines versus in Unity, like tons of code. But tell me, out of curiosity, I'm not a huge developer who, who develops with these, with these engines uh, and uh, whatnot. I, I've touched base them briefly. What is the reason to invent yet another language? Like, why not use Python? Why the hell should I learn yet another language? Even though it's simple, sure, like, fine, that's, but, but still, this is a language. Yeah, so first, I wouldn't say you need to learn it. It's, it's again, like, when you look at it, you just understand everything, if you have. Uh, the second, there are concepts, um, you can see it in Unity, at least, like, C-sharp is very flexible language, and it allows you, like, things like, um, how it's called attributes, attributes? annotations like uh, okay. annotations mm -hmm. this and you have to do a lot of them to satisfy language because in game engines code you write it often interacts with the engine as well for example um you want to variable to be able to be edited in um in editor mm -hmm. so you need a way to run these things like in runtime but also in like not a runtime but like in editor time um in C sharp, you can do it with annotations, so you need that like new constructions. Uh, in the Python, I, I don't know Python well. Like, can you do it or not? Uh, in other things like this, like nesting, right? Like, because Godot is always like okay, one node, one script. Mm -hmm. You don't need like this class nesting and other things. So it's like a lot of garbage that like not really needed here, and it's much easier to 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 write it. Wait a second, but this is where I'm a little bit confused. The fact that you have one file, one class, which is by the way almost a Java way, Java has one file, one class, but just to make you suffer, they still ask you to write class uh, class yeah, keyword exactly. instead like, of the file. Question, like, why? 100% uh, agreed, like, and by the way, they, they are actually getting rid of those in the latest Java. Um, there is several proposals, not that it's released, but it will. they will get rid of that. But you, you still need nesting, where I'm confused how it's related to nesting. The, the syntactical sugar that simplifies your definition of the class does not have anything to do with the nesting. Uh, nesting, I mean, like a code nesting, right? Like more tabs ah, from the left. Ah, In other things, uh, like again, if you take a Python, Python is not typed language. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Python asynchronous work is 
a bit interesting story, I would say. Uh, this one, like, we have very specific, like, engine. Um, engine. I haven't get to async, but I think they have, like, primitives for that one. And also they have typing system, which is a uh, duck typing. And I actually don't know many languages besides Go and TypeScript, which has a proper strongly typed system with a proper duck type. <laughs> yes, that's that's amazing. Agree, agree. And for game engines, it's like really important because again, if an engine you want duck to be duck, <laughs> <laughs> then you just need this duck to make a quack sound. That's it. Um, in other things, they also have uh, integration with the editor in a way mm. si somehow similar to Xcode. Um, you know, in Xcode, when you make UI, mm -hmm. you can do partially visual, like you can bind things to code visually from editor. I'm not a huge fan of this, but it's something that works in Godot, and it's, I think it can be helpful for game designers. When they need to bound some event, like user open a door or press the button, mm -hmm to some action and they can do it via editor very easily without like doing much wiring in a code uh, which should help like iterating fast right like I do, my game designer doesn't need to ask me to write code so this button or this uh, handle opens that door they can just like use mouse for that got it got it that feels like indeed some part of Unity tried similar way, right? Where you have a UI UI bind to a code to some extent. So it feels yeah, like almost all mm -hmm. they have, like they all have at some extent. Again, these engines a lot prioritize a lot of uh, game design parts, not coding parts. It just uh, Godot doesn't try to pretend it's like full featured like code system, because Unity has a C sharp which is very powerful and you can do everything. And that's actually the way I prefer to make games. Uh, like, you know, because as an engineer, I try to like create, uh, let's create architecture with a dependency injection. With mm -hmm. Godot documentation specifically says, just like make simple reusable things that you can just drop on the scene everywhere and they should work. They haven't discouraged people from using like a global objects or like huge systems, uh, anything. I see, I see, I see. By the way, just because we have touch base on this, I want to mention because not many people knowing, uh, but since you you touch base briefly in the problem with the Python on the concurrency and uh, parallel execution, I want to share with our friends uh, that uh, Jill in Python going away. Oh, they already finished it or they plan to finish? I remember they plan to do it. Yeah, so the C Python going to get rid of of uh, global global uh, interpretation lock. Jill is going away on the C Python at least. And I must say that the reason why I know this and the reason why this is happening is because it actually came from the AI world. So the main driver force behind that was a community of the PyTorch and specifically several key developers of the PyTorch that were fighting for that for almost a decade now to make sure can, that can, mm -hmm. can you tell me why it's important and what does it give like what what is the main points for this yeah so effectively uh so sorry i'm thinking which angle to start from so what is uh, interpretation lock overall this effectively means that you have one thread you really have one thread so yes you mm -hmm. kind of had quote-unquote threads but they are um, they are non blocking uh, or blocking. Uh, what I mean by that that uh, uh, you can start thread, but they are green threads, so they are within one real thread. What it means mm -hmm. that if you're doing I/O, you're doing network request. It makes sense because you're starting a network call and then you can move to something else and then you can go back. So from the perspective yeah. of your CPU, the same thread, but from your synta syntaxes perspective, you need to start threads, quote unquote. Mm. Now, in the AI world, you have tons of the concurrence, real concurrency to do. You are doing many parallel computations at the same time. And the way how it used to work, you would have a Python wrapper over the C code. And you will constantly call that C level to do stuff, which is uh, the reason why it was not super big of a, of a deal, because if you need a fast computation, you're still going to write it in C. So PyTorch and NumPy and SkyKit-Learn, many of those products, they're actually a layer on top of C, C++ code anyway. And C++ give you exposure to proper threading uh, on that level. But this doesn't mean that there was no any any part of the computation that you could have done on the Python level if you just have a possibility of having proper concurrent executions. 
which so, now you so have. Python didn't allow you to to scale for different CPUs, for many CPUs, right? Um, sorry, here's why it gave me pause. If you would try to speak with a, you know the 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 Python adapt that has uh, that has a white liquid coming from his mouse because he would be super disappeared, uh, super disappointed of hearing what you just said. If that would be a statement, he would tell you the story that no, 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 you can, uh, and. Uh, the reason why they will tell you they can because technically you should be operating on the processes level so you should use your python code to spin up another python process it's similar to node.js pretty much that's what i understand yes very similar but it is shitty because yeah. <laughs> the whole idea to have a very the whole like last thousands of years the whole computer science have moved to go like things where you actually can speed up more lightweight true concurrent entities and their answer no 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 you should do even more heavyweight concurrent entity which is like the whole process spinning up so it didn't make any sense and to be to be fair community knew about that and uh, majority but of the it, mm -hmm. but it's also hard to like at least it, for me it looks like it's very hard to introduce these things into existing language i mean go was designed from the beginning let's make it so you can run this concurrent go routines and you don't care about like processes but that was baked in language with all the fact that Go completely removed problem with the red blue functions really shows it. Uh, first of all, you now you have to explain what is red blue functions. <laughs> um, how how are you familiar with JavaScript? Because it's like a probably biggest example. You uh, know, like uh -huh. in JavaScript, you you can make a function uh -huh. and you can make an async function. Mm -hmm. The only difference that async function is actually wrapped in a promise, mm -hmm. it returns promise. So now when you call async function and you want to wait for this, you, you have a keyword await. So now if you have regular functions that needs the result from async function, mm -hmm. it needs to become async. So this async became like a disease, like every function that uses another async function, they start, you know, building and you end up just like, just all functions are async and all operations are await operations. <laughs> and it's like, it does make like the whole code. Like I've seen this uh, a lot. Like we have code base where like every line starts with await, essentially. But by the but way, uh, is this is a recommended way? Because when I'm writing TypeScript, I'm just, just saying, no, no, I want my promise to finish now because my function is not async. No. So I <laughs> when you say promise finish now, you need to await on this promise. Uh, sure, yes, I'm awaiting in that yeah. and this will lose and my... When you do await, your function, which mm -hmm. like which has this promise await inside, also need to be async because you can't use await inside. Ah, I see. It's just like a start spreading, right? But in a go, if you call function synchronous, and if you want it asynchronous, you can use like a go statement. And so it's like opposite. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Like it makes things easier. You don't need to change your functions all the way. You know, one thing I'm. To, to be fair, one thing I would love Go to have. If your function is designed to be run in Go routine, to have similar thing that JavaScript has that tells you you cannot call it directly. Because time to time, I, I now have so many bugs when I just call a function, when I should have go function, because I want to start a go routine, but I forgot and I call it directly. And, uh, but uh -huh. why, what does it mean design? Like it's like taking long time or, or what? Let's say function to call another backend services, like remote call, should it be a function to wait or not? When it's when it's ambiguous, sure. But I I was referring where you know that this function only have to be in a in a background mode or a sync mode, so you can mark it in the way that you want it to be in a sync mode. Because you know, if you inside of a function passing the channel that should be used to send result, very likely you do not want this function to be to be asynchronous. Even though I, yes, I would you say can. It's mm -hmm. not up to language, but you can name them. You know, like. I, always call me with go prefix and then have a linter <laughs> to do it no but, but why not up to the language it's like uh, i i look on it says annotation override in java it's optional you don't have to use it but if you actually use it the compiler will help you to check so it's exactly the same like it's <laughs> but uh, that's what i don't want to go like to become java with annotations <laughs> and like uh, some magic which doing something 
To be fair, uh, go away of let's use comments where instead of annotations is not that, that better. <laughs> um, it feels like, oh, it's so simple when you're starting and then you start realizing how many magic they just uh, hiding, hiding in the comments. Yeah, anyway, sorry, we diverge. Uh, microphone back to you. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, a blue red function where everything is spread as a disease, like an open source license that yeah, never that stops. That was your ask to explain what's red, red blue functions. But it was uh, from, if we're unwinding our stack, it was about <laughs> Python, uh, Jill and other things. So they, they're implementing new way to do concurrence, right? Yes, they're implementing not necessarily a new way, they're implementing new mod because by default it will be, it was a green thread. Green thread is effectively a thread mm. that's not real thread. Now it's going to be a real thread. And I agree with you that many of these things were fundamental limitations of the Python. And even, even the fact that it's only happening in C Python, not the main Python, is, it says a lot. So the main Python still will remain with Agile and C Python will not. Um, even what, this. What? Mm -hmm. Again, for layman, like what what is the difference between or relation between Python and C Python? It's like a two different interpreters or something. Yeah, you you do have a many different interpretation of the Python. You have G Python, for example, that is on top of GVM. So you have many of those. And technically, I do not think that Python standard requires you to have one on another way of concurrency. Just said that this is a thread, and historically the Python have uh, uh, green threads inside. But I don't think it's a specification of the language. It's probably a specification of the particular interpreter of the source code. How, how people live with it? I mean, if you write your code for concurrency, and it can be run in a different interpreter, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like. It seems like it's source of bugs or typically when people write code, it's like for very specific uh, type of Python. Uh, yes. So, so uh, they effectively, they all, uh, they all writing code for the just Python. So they all know that is a Jill. So no one going to know what is atomic write, atomic read, what is lock and read, lock and write. This is not a thing that Python developer will know. And to be fair, this is kind of the selling point of the Python, that you don't have to know all the shit. Yes, your program is inefficient, and uh, if you're writing for things like Flask, at least when last time I was was uh, exposed to that, I don't know the current state of affairs, but the idea was that Flask is effectively abstraction on top of your code that's spinning up the process for each request. So yeah, now... It's very, mm -hmm. very similar for Node.js uh, forks, like... Uh, Node.js has the same, right? Like different processes, but they only handle web requests. Exactly. So when you have one thread, you don't have all this problem with multi-threading. But then now they will have. Now they will have. Exactly. It's like, because, for example, again, I'm getting from JavaScript, right? Like people know like concurrency, like they fine with it. They know asynchronous function can change code. But at least between two lines of code, you, you, you get stable environment to live. With. But once you get like second thread, then it's gone. You know, this might be exactly the case with Java early days. So the Java before Java 3, I think, 1.3, sorry, 1.3, when the, it was 1.x. So Java before 1.3 uh, have the old collection. So in Java world, there is old collection, this new collection. So there used to be, before least, there used to be something else. Honestly, I don't remember a vector, I think, but no, don't remember exactly. And the biggest difference that in old Java, all the collections were uh, synchronized. So all the operation was locking operation. So you cannot add to the list for more than two, two thread cannot add to the list at the same time. One will wait another to finish, which was a horrible waste of time because this means that you now need to have a semaphore or you need to have some several, some type of the lock, which on the operating system level, actually a quite time consuming operation. So you would have a very inefficient collections just for the sake of, of, um, having making a thread safe and this was happening way before the now in computer science there is many optimizations with making it uh, making it better for example right now you actually on the java and almost all programming language has optimization that will optimize uh, for the speed for the first thread that will use any semaphore 
<laughs> this is because in 90% of the cases, all program using semaphore with one thread. So that one, the same thread, just using it, and that's about it, because some of the program are just, developers are not all equally smart, so they will use concurrently safe um, constructions for non-concurrent environments. So this optimization actually saved the world from many, many problems. But that was happening only before. So I assume in Python will be something like that. Any add to a list will be synchronized, so you have to wait, you have to mm -hmm. lock. Uh, and that's my guess. I honestly am not a Python developer, so I don't know. But uh, if if any Python developers are looking, uh, are listening to us, please let us know how it's working under the hood. I would love to learn it. Exactly. Uh, by the way, uh, I want to share one ho one horror from my past because we're speaking about this. So. Java and this specific optimization that I just uh, told that uh, concurrent optimization, uh, there is an optimization for concurrent lock for the first thread that trying to obtain the lock. Mm -hmm. And how do you do this? Because the Java is old language. You cannot introduce suddenly a new bunch of memories for this optimization. So turns out, so it was a very clever move. So the Java on the C++ level, if you're reading the C code, I will not be able to, to search it right now quickly. I don't even remember where it is. Uh, but on the low level, there is a um, C++ construction that is effectively a metadata for the class. One of the field there is a hash code. Hash code is a hash of the object. Uh, in the Java, you can, you can take a hash of any object in the language. Uh, this is done for many, many uh, tasks, but this is just embedded in the language. And um, in order to speed up the hash code, uh, from the beginning of the uh, of the days, Java had a part of the memory reserved for the hash code. So if, if you're calling the hash code, it will calculate it and save in this cache. And any further call to, to hash of the object will just read from the cache. Uh, so effectively, only one first call to give me a hash of the object will actually result in any calculation. That was working historically until, uh, first of all, does it make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Okay, so that was working. This was from the almost the beginning, and this was logical implementation. Now this concurrent implementation came, came in, comes in, so that someone published the white papers that was extremely useful for the world. Every language started doing that. But the problem there, now for the object, you need to, st you need to store a point to the thread that try to lock you. So mm -hmm. this optimization requires you to, to, to have this pointer and optimize for that one thread and do it until any other thread will try to lock you in only if you see the second thread uh, in this case you actually starting the semaphore or real lock but uh, when it's it mm -hmm. it's all goes under the hood or it's uh, for developers to oh you, you you don't know this you're just running okay. lock like or synchronize in java mm -hmm. but like lock uh, and in reality what happens if you are the first time locking it it will store the pointer to a thread and will not create any semaphore in real life only until the second thread come along, only then it will create the oh, actually time costly semaphore and all do this shit. It could be really strange, like you you create a second thread and now everything goes very slow. <laughs> uh, true, but in reality it was uh, suddenly got better when they introduced this because it was slow for everything and now it got better ah, for many cases. Okay, okay that, that makes sense. But here is an interesting point. So where do you store this pointer? Because Java actually has a limit on the uh, memory footprint. You cannot just introduce additional memory for anyone, one pointer somewhere on the object. So they actually start, pointing, start putting the pointer on the thread in the hash code field. So now, if you actually can, if you actually have the object that uh, within the semaphore and you computing the hash code of the object, it works slow at the same time <laughs> and when i first time discovered it it was like 2012 i was in amazon i think and we have a very weird bug where we we added the synchronize and hash code starts start start being so slow that we noticed that i spent a month figuring out why and turns out that yes when it's passing the keyword synchronize is putting the pointer of the thread in the field of the hash code so from that very moment you have to compute hash code each time you're calling the hash code function you have to do caching yourself now you cannot rely on the on the java anyway sorry this just <laughs> just uh... yeah, I, 
I don't like this like uh, magic things because again like you do something and it doesn't work anymore and you can't really tie your help why what you did like causes these issues you know your phrase is true if you are got to the industry in the middle like i did i got to the industry in the middle when i saw this this speed that i just describing but if you would get to the industry before me you will just yeah, see it's all slow like everything is just slow um uh, just remember like uh interesting note i i was uh reading godot documentation find interesting concepts they use they have type called variant which is, I think, 20 bytes, and it's used for everything. <laughs> it's okay. literally like uh, floating strings, rectangles, vectors, anything. Um, I actually can send a link to you. Uh, um, a description of variant. The most important data type in Godot. <laughs> I think it's actually very... It's one of the things, right? Like, why they choose like their own... I think it's somehow smart idea. Because now you can align memory very well. Because like regardless what types you use, they all like chunked in a proper. So you can see this. It's just like represent everything. Jesus, this is <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but you know, this is actually uh, when I was mentioning about all this shit with Java. Java has a, a type like variant under the hood that represent metadata of everything. It's mm. very similar. Now that I'm looking on this, it's very, very similar. It represents the most, uh, uh, the most simplest parts of everything. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about games, actually, most data types are actually super simple. It's usually vector, like 2D vector, or like a string, or boolean, or something. Like it's not really complex types. Makes sense. Um, any, a, anyway, my friend, do you have anything to add to this or we should go to other gaming no, topics? We definitely should go <laughs> to other topics. So I will start. I, I have things to share about Starfield, uh, new parts. But before that, a very short thing. Did you know how Alan Wake game, Alan uh, Wake, connected to the game Control? I mean, the same universe as I told. And I've seen, uh, I played game and I get game for free on PlayStation and they has DLC connected to Alnwick, but I didn't play DLC, but I know mm. it's there. I can, I, I, are you okay if I will spoil this to you? Because yeah, it's, sure. okay. I probably won't play it anyway. Uh, is, it, the connection is amazing, like really amazing. Uh, I played, so I haven't finished Control, but since I start playing Control on Xbox um, and uh, when I start play, replaying on Xbox, DLC already was there, so I start playing with the DLC. They added the level where you have a, a reference to Alan Wake, and everything fits into the place so nicely. So just, just, just uh, follow the line, so to speak. Um, Alan Wake uh, was able to write the scripts that were coming to life, right? Mm -hmm. So in order to escape his situation, he wrote a story about the control. And the control is actually part of his story that he needed for the sake of escaping. And when you're finding this room, you see that narrative connecting of how he actually did it in order to escape from his story. So the, that old building does not exist. That is, and he wrote this story in the way that it will not impact the real New York. So he phrased it in the way that no one can see that, all that bullshit. Yes, because he needed something real to escape that will not impact the real world. And he invented the whole story. Interesting. That's like... like yeah, it's pretty, pretty smart. Because control itself, they control things like what's happened to Alan Wake, right? The Bureau... Yes, and the game, uh, the control, sorry, this control, uh, they thought that they're investigating this and they went and sent the agent. But in reality, they, the whole control was invited by him to send the agent to rescue him from the first place. And that was, was uh, his way out, so to speak. Uh, anyway. Oh, by the way, mm -hmm. in the control, uh, did you get, get to Ashtray Maze already? No. Okay, no, I will not spoil and I suggest you not to Google it because it's probably one of the best parts of the game. 
You know, I'm not sure that I will go back to the control. So I'm not there. So yeah, let's do it. Just just tell me. Just tell me what's okay, going I on there. Spoiler, I will spoil it for you and for everyone. I mean, control is the old game, right? It's like yes, 21. that's the thing. Mm -hmm. So there's an interesting place in the game. Uh, it's a it's a labyrinth, right? Like it's a room. You get to the room, and room changing, and you always get to the beginning. Like like you walk, and then you get to the beginning. Mm -hmm. It looks like this and like it's changing constantly and then and you can't really get through there it's not like it's not a, a puzzle you actually need to progress in the story mm -hmm. and there's a story you remember a guy who was uh, mopping floors mm -hmm. yes of course of course <laughs> so he gave you his uh audio player like cassette audio player mm -hmm. and when you go to this room the uh, main character she wear like uh, headphones and start music and it's like a finnish metal something playing okay and and then this labyrinth start like making like a some pass with the enemies you need to fly it's like changing constantly like inception game uh and this like uh, finnish metal music what's interesting I, I didn't check it i had an impression that they actually synchronize music with your position Ooh. i suspect it may not be true but i need to like read it because when you just run through corridors the music like plays like a, some slow part mm -hmm. when you get in the fight but it's essentially it's, it's not like a random uh random music it's like a metal song with a vocal with a like a solace and everything and it's really good like it's only a few minutes while like you go through it and then when like even like charity when she removed like headphones she's like it was amazing <laughs> really one of these moments in the games when you really like i feel like they really put an effort um you can watch it on youtube it's still like pretty cool video like and um, really nice part of the game but you have not spoiled much except for the fact that uh, the, your movement synchronized with the music that's yeah, probably it's, all it's I just think it's like um it's not like some like very stray like you know it doesn't really change narrative or anything it's like it's not it's just one of these places that you know they have tons of places uh, remember like rooms where you need to go to to phone you need to go through three hotels yes 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 it's like one of the things which prevents things from escaping yeah it's just like it. the way they done it when you play it's really nice feeling got it got it got it uh makes sense makes sense okay okay i definitely will watch on the youtube because again i'm not sure i will go back to the control i don't have too much of the time that i spent playing and now i play in starfield most of the time and and that's where my my time my time went and i wanted to share some of the interesting things that i um you know, as I progress, I will be learning about Starfield and we'll be sharing. I now more than 20 hours in the game, slowly, hour by hour, and it's, you know, it's coming together. And um, I'm going to share just one, one, one small thing, so to speak. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo, sorry, I was thinking where to start. Uh, skills point, skill tree. It's actually quite unique. Uh, let me open Starfield skill tree. Uh, I I like the idea behind what they did. I do not like the implementation. So the implementation is horrible, but I really want the idea to persevere in other games. So the idea is that you have a skill tree. The skill tree by itself is very, very simple. It's like a, uh, a cyberpunk or anything. It's it's very simple. So the, there is uh, the skills are interesting, but there is no novelty here. But Two things. One thing is horrible. Why I'm saying that implementation is horrible? Everything is is, uh, is actually locked behind the skills. Uh, skills. What I mean by that? Imagine that it, it's not that bad. But imagine that you cannot run until you unlock a skill running. So it's that basic. So okay. you can run in this case, but it's that basic. For example, you you cannot do a long jump. They have a, a booster pack that allow you to jump for a big height, and you cannot do that until you will unlock that. I think it was, you will spend at least two skill skill points there, and, and the reason there is not much going on in the game. So locking stuff that should be open from the beginning it looks like was the only way for them to make sure that you have a little bit longer game experience than you actually have. But, but what what is the unique in the system? Image? Yes, now the unique part. Um, in the cyberpunk, for example, an almost other game, you earning experience, and each experience gives you a skill point that you can spend wherever you want. 
Okay. Yes, you can. You, obviously, you need to build. A, you need to build a funnel if you want to in Cyberpunk to have a hacking. You need to have basic hacking, then advanced, and so on, and so on. Okay. But what always was confusing for me, you can't be earning skill set from killing uh, enemies with a shotgun and spending skills points on the hacking, even though your character actually do not hack anything, and you suddenly can find yourself as a hacker of level blah. Mm-hmm. Here, they actually doing two things. They're telling you what type of the quest you need to complete and how many skill points you need to have. So if you want to have a better hacking, you need to hack a lot of the systems mm-hmm. and collect the skill points. So effectively, if you want to build a hacker narrative, you're collecting skill points. You already have in the beginning of, in the, beginning of the game, in any game, you're collecting them faster than slower. So you but- can... Isn't it like similar to somehow similar to Skyrim, their previous game? I think they, <laughs> they also have like you run a lot and it's like getting upgraded and so on. I never played Skyrim, so maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's like, at least I don't remember exactly, but I remember like if you use like a particular weapon, mm-hmm. you get progress in that, and then you can spend skills uh, in this particular weapon tree. Hmm. Uh, I. Yeah, I never played Skyrim, but yes, that's exactly what. Yes, that's that yeah, feels exactly like it. Yeah. Use the same, same system. But the idea, I like it. I would love more games to be like that because it's actually, uh, it's actually tightly couples your action with a narrative for your for your character that you're building. It's really nice. Like you cannot I, build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree and disagree in two places. Okay, I like sure. the idea because it's actually fit narrative, right? Like if you're jumping a lot, you, you should be just start to jump higher, right? Like you train this. Exactly. Yes. Um, but it also doesn't give you ability, like because at least I played Skyrim only like a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have this problem, like I start playing with a like big sword, and then I didn't really want to switch to anything else because I already put so much effort and. I couldn't start with a smaller sword because then I need to, you know, like a, to start with a small enemies or something, um, which was a, like a bit of a problem. Sure, yes, that is actually there, and uh, you know, t- two problems. First of all, I'm running with like five points of skill skill points that I do not want to spend because I haven't finished the things that I need to finish. That is there, and the second part, when you do invent them, you kind of uh, closing the loop on some of the things. But to be fair, I do like that from uh, from the RPG RPG's point of view, yeah. L- like from the perspective that it's kind of. Uh, it makes for me game more fun, uh, and I know myself. If I am playing the game that allow you to do everything, I will just uh, increase everything. And <laughs> I just remember, like, do you remember uh, GTA San Andreas where you can eat burgers and became fat, and then yes. go to gym and became fit? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was most realistic <laughs> ever. Yeah, that was that was cool indeed. That was cool indeed. And you know, I want to mention another sp- thing about the Starfield. So. I'm 90% sure that the main story that you have, and uh, first of all, any Bethesda ha- games have a horrible main story. The side stories are the best. But in this specific game, I actually do think that they switched the main story last minute. That the current main story is not the one that they intended to have main story. Interesting. Yes, so... Uh, I don't want to spoil main story, but but uh, I will try to be spoiler free. There is a side story where you're joining the cosmic fleet and you f- you can uh, effectively be part of the cosmic fleet and fight on behalf of the United Colonies, good guys fighting with the bad guys, so on, so on. By the way, let me open Starfield, uh, at least side. So it's, uh, it feels more epic, right? So it should be main story before. Not only that, but it actually includes training. So when you're starting that, when you're starting that side story, it it's physically starts in the same place where you're starting the game. Mm-hmm. The first thing when you're starting the, the 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 story, they tell you, "Oh, now you're part of the cosmic fleet. Let us train you." So they walk you through the museum of everything that have happened in this universe. So we kind of will read it, mm-hmm. appreciate more. Then they ask you to complete the training and the simulation of the of the fight in the space. So you actually learn how to fight in the space. After that, you will have your first fight on the ground. So it feels like it's tutorial that progresses. While mm-hmm. the main story doesn't tell you anything about space fight, doesn't tell you anything about the lore. You like go there, pick up this, go there, pick up this, and <laughs> well, why they did it? 
I my you know I Google it. I read several Reddit's. My only guess because this is now after Bethesda got bought by Microsoft and this game is available through the Game Pass. The side story that they looks like have switched almost two times longer. <laughs> ah, I see. So take more time. Exactly. Yes, because you're now paying in the Game Pass. You're paying per hours that you played. It's actually like what I was afraid with all this Game Pass. People start like making games longer just to, to get more money from Game Pass. But uh, I, I see you. I see your concerns, but. The reason why I was never afraid of that, and by the way, I bought this game, so I don't actually have Game Pass. I like uh, because I, I don't have to my, a lot of time. I don't have Game Pass. I buying the games and I investing a lot of time in them and I finishing them. Uh, so it's very slow process for me. But when I used to own Game Pass and I periodically trying it again and again and again. And uh, the reason why I'm mentioning that this is not concern of mine, almost with any Game Pass. Apple included. If you're installing the shitty game that doesn't does not attract you to keep playing, you're just deleting it and installing a new one because you have a game pass. You have all the games you want. There is nothing that uh, that ties yeah, you to this. I, game. I'm not saying like a bad game, so good. It's just like a good game which could make like uh, ten hours mm -hmm. it became twenty hours. And it's not only game pass. Like it's I've seen like a lot of sentiment from people. Oh hey, I paid for this game seventy dollars and it's only fifteen hours. I want more. Uh, which for me actually like you know opposite because I have money but I don't have time anymore. Um, I think it was like a really good example was with a game called 19 no 1890 something like on PlayStation 4. Um, 1890 something Google like that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Singapore? I don't know. <laughs> no no. So oh it was order something okay it was order if you just like. The Order 8086. Yeah. It was like really cool game. Like back then, it was like mind-blowing graphics. It was okay. like PS4, early days. It was like just amazing. But game was only four hours. Mm -hmm. For me, it was really good um, story. Like characters were awesome. Like there was like really interesting intrigue. Now the gameplay was awesome. Mm -hmm. And But people were upset because like four or five hours. For me, it was like perfect. Like it was really solid movie. Um, but it's never get a sequel because again people were upset it was too short but it's like my my standard uh, complaint about <laughs> gamers you know i actually hearing more and more uh points that are effectively consistent with what you just said people don't have time that want shorter game that you can end to end and I, I i hear you i see that perspective but for me surprisingly it went an opposite and uh, the reason why it went in the opposite, because I do not have so much time, I actually do not want to learn another lore, yeah. another mechanics. Absolutely. I want to keep to the game that has like 400 hours. I want to keep reading books about that game. I want to keep learning more about yeah, the mechanics. I, yeah, and I uh, Fun fact, mm -hmm. actually, which was revealed in a recent like PlayStation, Xbox. Uh, you know that there are 1 million PlayStation 5 consoles. Uh, that only installed one game it's call of duty of course of course <laughs> and that's like that's one of the reasons why it's so popular right? it's the same formula again and again people just play this game because they don't really they want like after work go and play i think i have the same with apex legends right like okay it's changing over time mm -hmm. but for me it's like almost the same still challenging and i can play it without like learning much it's just like very similar and all new things they add they added like in a chunks every few months and I, I know what's going on and so on yeah we are on a very similar board but i do want to have the single player not the single player experience i want yeah. to have a game that progresses and you learn about the lore something so mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be single player but usually it's a single player where you learn more um except maybe destiny where you have a multiplayer but you're still learning it's still missions there's yeah. still something that uh, excites you and um yeah that's why i do really like the game like have 400 plus hours and uh, i don't mind uh, i'm really looking forward to start cyberpunk uh, with a new dlc again it's wait not like I, I thought it's out no it's out but i'm um, i'm still playing baldur's gate ah <laughs> and it'll take me a while um, they actually redesigned a skill system in a cyberpunk 
So I'd like to see what they what they made. Yeah, I, I by the way, I will join you in Baldur's Gate as soon as it's out on the black uh, back, uh, Xbox, but it's coming to Xbox, but I still don't know when. So <laughs> Probably they will release on macOS before that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how I hate this universe. Anyway, anyway, I think we're actually precisely in one hour. What do you think we will cut here, yeah. stop here? There is so many other topics I want to discuss with you, but so we, like, need, we need to stop discussing games and uh, LLMs. We need to like you know like ban them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, come on, what if we do mostly engineering LLMs and games? <laughs> <What's> <laughs> okay, <fair. laughs> No, I, I actually want to discuss, there is a new article that I wrote about UDP. So there is stuff, stuff that I, 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 okay, you will be a, my accountability partner. I commission to you, I will bring topic about the management next time. Okay, let's do it. Uh, with that, dear listeners, thank you for hearing, watching or listening to us. And we will talk to you same place, uh, same time next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.